Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to leave with you this morning verse 5. Especially the first part of verse 5. Ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. You have simply forgotten the exhortation. That's what the apostle is saying. We have to focus on that ye first. We have to know something about the people to whom Paul is addressing this word. What does he know about them? Well, it's clear that this people to whom he speaks have not been finding the Christian life easy. They've been finding it most hard. They've been finding it difficult to be a believer. If they were getting it easy, and if all was well, Paul would not even have to preach this homily to the Hebrews. We wouldn't even have it in our Bible if it wasn't because these Hebrew believers, whoever they are, were getting the Christian life difficult. They're wearied. They're having fainting fits. Some, it seems, have maybe stopped praying. The hands are hanging down. Whereas they should be raised up in petition unto God. They're discouraged. They're defeated. They're worn down. Some are even tempted to abandon the faith. Some have forsaken the assemblies and stopped coming to the meetings. And perhaps they're saying to themselves, how can Christianity be so difficult? And why is it so hard? How can God allow me to suffer so much? Why does God allow me to go through so much? Why does there always seem to be a storm in my life? If I was a true Christian, if I was the Lord's, surely I would not have any of these trials. I wouldn't be having a hard time if I really belonged to the Lord. Perhaps they were saying things like that. And the wicked, they're always abusing me. And I'm always getting a hard time at work for being a Christian. It's so hard. It just wears me down. It's tough. And if I'm not getting a hard time, it's somebody in the family who's getting a hard time, or it's the children getting a hard time at school. It's just always difficult following the Lord. And then as well as that, there's sickness, and there's a battle with depression, and to have family problems, and of economic problems, and of grief, and of bereavement, and it just never seems to end. Trials, tribulations. Sometimes I feel like Job. Maybe some of them are saying that. I might as well give up. I might as well go back. What's it all about? Well, Paul, to some extent, has been dealing with that kind of attitude. People that are nearly ready to give it in, to go back. Those in Hebrews 11, when he brought us into that hall and looked at all those Old Testament saints, he says, these are people who didn't go back. These are people who endured, who suffered it, who went on. 
even though it was hard, Abel didn't get it easy. Abraham didn't get it easy. None of them got it easy. Didn't we read there at the end of the Hebrews 11 as, as Paul quickly makes his exit, uh, just giving us a few descriptions of further Old Testament saints as he leaves the hall of faith. They were tortured. They had cruel mockings. They were mocked. They were scorned. They had scourgings. They had chains and confinement and imprisonment. They were cast into dungeons. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted and tested and slain with the sword. They had to wander about in the mountains. They were displaced from their homes. As many Christians are today in certain parts of the world. It wasn't easy. And then Paul uses three words, very interesting words. He says, destitute, afflicted, tormented. That's a sermon in itself, the three points. The sufferings of the saints. Destitute. Do you sometimes feel destitute? Do you sometimes feel tormented and afflicted? To be destitute is to want, to have lack, when the needs aren't met. The Lord says, will not want. He's our shepherd, will not want. And yet I seem to want. I seem to be destitute. I seem to be lacking the grace that I need to get through this. I, I don't have the strength. I'm destitute of the strength. I can hardly get through it. Well, these Old Testament saints who, who didn't give up. And who knew Psalm 23. Destitute. Afflicted. And that gives a sense of many afflictions. Constantly afflicted. Always afflicted. The word is crushed. Pressure coming in. Crushing you like an oppress. At all sides. Pressing in on you. Crushing you. Do you feel sometimes like that? And I'm a Christian. And I'm being pressed. And the Lord's allowing me to be crushed like this. Even Paul was afflicted. You remember he said. We are troubled same word, afflicted, pressed on every side, this side and the other side, crushed together, the top and the bottom, pressed, enfolded like in a, in a dungeon. The walls are getting tighter and tighter, crushed and tormented. And many Christians are tormented, abused by others. In situations perhaps we don't know often about where they're suffering abuse in the workplace, tormented. Maybe they're tormented directly by the devil as he can do so. Our minds can be tormented. These thoughts pressing in on you, tormenting you. Maybe we torment ourselves. Maybe that's the explanation too. Well, all these people in Hebrews 11. But they didn't give up. They didn't turn away from the faith. They didn't stop attending the assemblies in the Old Testament times. They weren't ready to go back. Paul says, every one of them, these all, what did he say? They died in faith. They died in it. And sometimes it wasn't a very nice death that they died. But they still died in it. And then he brought us to Christ. Consider him. He endured. He suffered. He bore the shame. He carried the cross. Even our dear Lord, the sinless Son of God, 
the only begotten of the Father, a true son of the living God. And he was tortured and tormented and abused and afflicted and destitute, even of his clothes on the cross, even of the ordinary means of the sustaining of life, destitute, utterly destitute. He who was rich and had all things and give all things and, and give us all the riches of this life. Destitute. But he didn't turn back. He didn't say, I'm going to give up this cross business, this dying for my people business, this being their substitute business. I'm going to give all of that up because it's tough. He didn't give it up. This is what Paul is saying to these people. Consider him who didn't give it up, who didn't turn back. Look to him. Go on. Keep on. Keep at it. Don't give up. Him that endured such abuse, that's the word, the abuse of sinners. Tormented by sinners. Now, we would think Paul had said enough, wouldn't we? Okay, Paul, I'll get the message. We think you would leave the subject now. Surely that should settle the matter. What more needs he now to say to his struggling saints? But no. He continues to bring the word to the struggling believers. Notice the word and in verse 5. And. There's an emphasis on that. I haven't finished it. I've said quite a lot. It should be enough. And. Here's something else. And he hits the nail on the head here. And you have forgotten the exhortation that speaketh unto you as unto children. You've forgotten it. And so he's, he, as I said, he's hitting the nail on the head here and, and just hammering it in further. The point that he's been trying to get across in this epistle this is part of your problem. This is why you're ready to go back. This is why you don't have comfort and you're not being sustained at this difficult time. You've simply forgotten the exhortation of God's word. That's your problem. Now, it's a gentle rebuke. It's true of us all that we'll forget and we've forgotten what the Lord has taught us. But forgotten the exhortation. Now the exhortation here is about chastisement. That's not our subject this morning. We'll get into that God willing in the future. How God disciplines his children. How he brings a rod into their lives. We haven't time to deal with that this morning. The matter of chastisement. Verses 5 to 11 where Paul deals with it. The trials are part of God's work you see the devil's not in control of our troubles that's what Paul is going on to say the devil is not the one who is sovereign in all our trials all this pressing, all this tormenting all this affliction God is in control your heavenly father knows all about it it's all part of his system of discipline it's all part of making us holy. It's all part of making us humble. It's all part of keeping us lowly 
and in the right path and in the right way. God's system of discipline, chastisement, which takes in all of these things that come from without. Because our Heavenly Father doesn't let anything come to us outside his loving kindness. So everything that comes from within is ordered by his disciplining hand. And Paul is going on to teach about that and to say that. That's a very important truth. Whatever you suffer, whatever, you, whatever abuse you go through, the devil has a hand in it. But you also have to remember, my heavenly father has made this as part of the discipline of my life. In chastisement. And we all suffer chastisement. The good saints are the poorer saints. We're all the same. We all need it. Every one of us. So there are no exceptions. But I'm not speaking about chastisement. I'm speaking about the forgetting, the exhortation. Which exhortation is about chastisement. But I'm thinking about the forgetfulness of what God teaches us. And that's my kind of theme this morning. He's speaking about the word of God here when he says, You've forgotten the, the, the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. He's quoting from Proverbs chapter 3. Verses, these two verses are from Proverbs chapter 3. You, you've forgotten that exhortation. You've forgotten the word of God. This is what he's saying. The exhortation. You notice he doesn't say you've forgotten the text. No, they didn't forget the text. They maybe memorized the text. They maybe memorized the words, the way the boys do and the girls do in the Sabbath school, they memorize the words. But what you've forgotten is the exhortation part, the truth of it, the application of it to your conscience and heart and soul. Oh, you know very well the words in your mind. That's why he uses. The word exhortation, you see. He doesn't just say you've forgotten the text, Proverbs 3, etc., etc. No. We all know the verses, but we forget the truths. This is what he's saying. You see, every sermon is meant to be an exhortation. And every time we come to the Bible and read the text of the word, we're meant to preach to ourselves so that the text becomes an exhortation. You don't just read the Bible, I've done my reading for the day, I've got the text. No. Have you preached it to yourself? Have you let the Holy Spirit preach to your soul and conscience? Has it got in? Has it become an exhortation to you? Have you really picked up on what God is saying to you? And I trust that we do that very often. We, we, we have God speaking and ministering to us. But we have to remember what he taught us. That's the thing. And not forget that's why I preach here. You know, I don't come here every week and just read the text. There you have it now, way home in the verse. I mean, that wouldn't make sense. That wouldn't be an exhortation, would it? We could all stay at home and just read the text. Or I can ask anybody. You know, the minister can stay at home today, needn't worry about the sermon. I'll ask somebody to come up and read the text. And you can all go home with the text. No, it's not enough. It's an exhortation. But you can't forget it's the application of the text to the conscience, to the soul, to the heart. It's that you've forgotten. And I'm not talking about memorizing the sermon. I don't ask people to memorize my sermon. 
I don't even ask them to memorize all the points and all the heads. You know something? I'll let you into a secret. I don't even remember all the points and heads of my sermons. It's not about that. It's about what was the main truth? What was the point of the sermon? What was the, the thrust? What was God really saying to me in that? That's what you have to remember. That's what you go home with. And you never forget. You shouldn't forget. Though you forget all, all the dressings and all the packaging. It's a bit like, you know, getting a present. You, know, you get a present. We get a present. It's, it's, it's in a box. There's something. You know, you get something. It's in the box. And then there's instructions with the box. In the box. For that thing that's in the box. The main thing. Maybe it's a watch. It's in the box. Then there's instructions there as well. And then, and then the, the, the box is wrapped up. And then there's a wee greetings card on the wrapping. And you get this lovely present. And you open it up and you read the comments. And they're appropriate comments. And they make the watch valuable. And them comments will stay in your mind. And they'll help you appreciate the watch. And then you take the package off. And you let it go. And after years you probably forget what colour the package paper was. And the box that the watch was in. You probably forget what kind of a box it was in. And then all the instructions that you receive at the same time with the watch. You maybe read them, go through them. And then you cast them one side. You forget all about all of them. And all you're left with is... The heart of the whole matter, watch, watch. Everything else was important to set value on it, to know how to use it, to see how it was appropriate, to feel the love that there was when you got it. All of that is very important. And all of that is in a sermon. Packing it up, coming from a loving Heavenly Father who loves you and gives you this exhortation. But the main thing that you must never forget is whatever that watch is that was in it. And in the context, it's, it's the lessons on chastisement. But it could be anything that God teaches us in the sermon. So, so the preacher exhorts you, see, he packages the text so that it, it becomes something valuable, something you appreciate something you can understand and something you know you can use. That's what preaching does. And that's why every Tom, Dick and Harry can't preach. It's men who are called of God and equipped and anointed to some extent at least by the Spirit of the living God to be exhorters of God's word. Behold the sower goes forth to sow. This is the importance of preaching and bringing the word of God so that the truths at the heart of the message you don't forget. This is what Paul means. Now he's not saying you've forgotten my sermon, you've forgotten the sermon of Peter. No, you've forgotten the exhortation of John. He goes direct to the word. Proverbs 3 verses 11 and 12. He quotes them. He quotes from the Bible. The truths of those words you have forgotten. Now you notice, even Paul, when he quotes the verses, he doesn't just quote the verses. He wraps them. He wraps them. He has comments before he quotes them. And then he goes into a whole big paragraph after he quotes them, expounding those verses, applying those verses. He gives them the exhortation again in a wee mini form. But you see, he doesn't just give them the text. It's not just about the text. 
There's an exhortation in the text. There's a truth in the text that you have to get home to your heart. And it's a heart congregation that we're talking about. You see, our heads are like sieves. My head's like a sieve. I forget all these points. I have to write them down. They go in one day and they go out the other day. I don't really care about memorizing things. Getting, you know, that. I'm not doing exams. My head's a sieve. And it's getting a greater sieve as I get older. But our hearts are not meant to be sieves. No. Our hearts are meant to be touched by the truth of God's word. And our hearts are meant to be changed by those truths. And because of those changes that come by the truth of God's word, there is a a scar there, an indentation there, that ought to stay. Ought to stay. And yet Paul says, you've forgotten this truth. That God, our Heavenly Father, disciplines us with all of these troubles that we suffer. You've forgotten that. You just think it's the devil. You just think it's bad men. You just think it's false saints. And you're ready to pack it in because you're looking at the devil, you're looking at the false saints, you're looking at the church, you're looking at the persecutors, you're looking at this and that and the other. No! You've forgotten. Your heavenly Father is disciplining you. He's in control of everything that presses in on you. You've forgotten that. Don't forget that. Don't forget that when someone gives you a hard time. And you're ready to pack it in. No, your heavenly Father is doing something in your life. Why would you give up? Your heavenly Father loves you. Your heavenly Father is chasing you. He's doing this in his great love to you. To make you holy and humble. Why would you give up? You couldn't possibly give up. You want to feel that you're loved by God. That you suffer these things. And it's providence. So this is what Paul is saying here. And as I say he opens the sense of Proverbs 3. Which we're not going to do this morning. Another time, God willing. So preaching is essential then. An exhortation is essential. It's not just about chapter and verse. It's about the truths. And so congregation, what I'm saying is, you need preaching. You need exhortation. Paul says later on, towards the end of the epistle, he says, brethren, he says, suffer the word of exhortation. Suffer a wee bit of preaching in your life. Suffer being told what the word of God means and having it being applied to your heart. Suffer it. You need it. This is the reason you're poor Christians, you Hebrews. It comes down to this. Why you're so depressed and why you've no joy in your life. Why you're so unhappy. Why you're not rejoicing in the Lord. Why you're not overcoming. It comes down to this. That you've forgotten the exhortations of the word of God. Your soul. Now the word forgotten is very strong. Completely forgotten. It's utterly gone out of your mind and heart. It's disappeared. It doesn't even come into your mind. And God knows, brethren and sisters, that we have hearts like that, don't we? So he easily forgets 
the truths of God's word. And that's why God is constantly reminding us this. For example, Deuteronomy 4 verse 9. Only take heed to yourself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which you've seen, the things which I brought you through, the things that I taught you from my word. He's talking about Sinai, hearing the word of God, what you saw there, what you heard there, so that you don't forget all that you saw and heard there. Why did he say that? Because he knows us, doesn't he? He knows we forget. And Paul later on, he says, you're not come to Sinai. You're come to a far better place now. You've come to Mount Zion. You've come to the cross. You've come to the blood of sprinkling. You've come to the reality in Jesus Christ. That's where we as Christians are now. And we ought not to forget. If they ought not to have forgotten who went to Sinai, we ought not to forget who go to Calvary and Mount Zion and all that we have in the New Testament Gospel. The cross. How could we forget these things? So don't forget. And that's why preachers repeat. Say the same things again. Now now preachers shouldn't use the same sermons again. In the same place. (laughs) That wouldn't be a very good preacher who uses the same sermon in the same place. That would be a very lazy preacher. So we're not talking about the same sermon in the same place and repeating sermons but I'm talking about repeating texts repeating truths setting them in other forms getting the same truths across and preachers have to work at that they have to continually battle and work at it so that all of us the people of God have a fresh exhortation sometimes of old truths that they are in danger of forgetting. So bear with us if we repeat some things. And say things again. Because the Lord says. Put them in remembrance. Is not why Paul Peter wrote his epistle. He says I write these things to put you in remembrance. You should know them already. You shouldn't have forgotten. But I'm writing them out so that you don't forget And Paul, he said to Timothy, on a couple of occasions, Timothy, put them in remembrance. Don't let them forget. Because that's half a preacher's battle. People of God, they come with their problems. And, you know, you're saying to yourself, I'm preaching that so many times. You should know how to grapple with this. You should know how to deal with this. But they forget. And you have to repeat. And that's the main part of preaching. It's just to keep putting the people of God in remembrance. My job isn't to impress you with a nice wee sermon. Oh, that was a good sermon. A, B, C, D. Lovely wee fine points. And they all begin with A. That's wonderful. My desire is to get into your heart. With the sharpness of the word of God. So that you may be changed. And I be changed with you. That we be changed together from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So whenever you're down, or whenever you sin and fall, or whenever you're about to fall, and you're ready to give in and to cease resisting, or are you ready to stop praying? Or maybe you're ready to stop coming to the meetings? Or something like that. Are you beginning to think, wrongly or negatively or you're questioning God or you're murmuring or complaining 
Here's a word to let sink into your soul. You have forgotten the exhortation that speaketh unto you as unto children. You know, that's a lovely way that Paul puts it. Speaketh unto you as unto children. You know, whenever the Lord Jesus Christ left us, he gave us a, a memorial feast, you know. Because the greatest truth of all is the truth of the death of Christ and the sacrifice of Christ and what it's all about. And he certainly doesn't want us to forget that. And so he instituted a feast, as well as the ordinary preaching of the gospel, as an ordinance of preaching and the means of the word of God. He actually instituted a whole new ordinance into the church so that the vital truth of the gospel will ever be remembered. And brethren and sisters, that's the most important truth of all. And it's the most joyful truth, and it's the most heart-lifting truth, that Christ died for our sins. And this is my body which is broken for you, and this is my blood which is shed for you. You know, whenever we know, know all of that, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters, you know. If I know that Jesus Christ, by the sacrifice of his body, has made me right with God, and by his blood that he has shed freely on my behalf, he has forgiven all my sins and washed me clean and pure in his sight. If I remember that, I have all joy, unspeakable joy. And I have enough to get through life as a Christian. And I can face everything. And so the Lord's Supper, as a remembrance supper, there are other aspects of the Lord's Supper as well, but as a remembrance matter, it helps us. It helps us. You've forgotten. You've even forgotten that Christ died for you. You've even forgotten that your sins have been forgiven through his blood. You've forgotten. And you're not joyful. I have to remind you of it again and again. But you know, one of the things that Satan does is he comes to us and says, Ah, you know, there's a text. You have a text there. But that's not for you. Satan's the master of that, you know. That's not for you. That's for somebody else. You're taking that out of context. What does Paul say? You have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you. It's Proverbs 3, verses 11 and 12. A thousand years ago, spoken by Solomon to his son, Paul says, No. It's not Solomon to his son. It's in the word of God. And it's God to you. God speaking to you. And he's speaking to you as a loving heavenly father. And he's speaking to you as his children. And every week God speaks to you, congregation. And don't you let the devil tell you otherwise. And this Bible, it speaks to you. And don't you let the devil tell you otherwise. You've forgotten the exhortation that speaketh unto you. It's unto children. There's not one here, but God is speaking to you. You. The devil comes along and says, you know, this is not for you. He's not speaking to you. Don't let the devil paint God as a monster. Don't let the devil paint God as cruel, as hardy talks to anybody. 
He just has one or two wee favorites. Don't, don't let the devil paint God as not big-hearted to his family that he has bought with the blood of his own dear son. He speaks to you. He speaks to you every week through the ministry of the word. He speaks to you all the time through the word. To you. At least take that home with you. That he speaks to me. He addresses me. God exhorts me. And he does it as his child. Lovingly, kindly, patiently, repeatedly. Again and again. Because we're such poor children. We need to hear it again and again. And our loving Heavenly Father is is always the same. So long-sufferingly kind. Speak of to you. As on to children. Remember this. And don't rest, child of God, by saying, I've, I've read the text, I've heard the text. Don't rest reading the text of Scripture until the text of Scripture becomes to you an exhortation, personally to you. And the preacher's not always with you, but you hear enough preaching to know how to look at a text and how to apply it to yourself. See, that's another thing about preaching. It teaches the people of God how they should apply the text to themselves, how they should exhort themselves. But you go home, you read the text, and you preach to yourself, you exhort yourself as you pray and ask the Lord to minister to you. And remember the exhortation. And may the Lord help you. May the gracious Savior help you. And in all your times of need, May he bring the word of God to your remembrance to uphold you and sustain you. Our gracious Savior, may he help you. May he help me. May he help us all to remember the exhortations of his holy word. And to that Savior be glory along with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Amen.